1: The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App
0: Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: I think I've heard a few different takes on it now. I think uh, Jonathan talked about it on the Fan Focus last night. Um, Baskin and Phelps talked about this yesterday. We were actually going to get into it yesterday, and we just kind of ended up not having time. But I think one of the most fascinating things to watch this weekend, uh, this weekend, this off season, is the Browns and what they're going to do at tackle. Because I initially was going to come out, and and yesterday, one of the things I had thought about a lot of is, you know what, you got a new offensive line coach. I'm I'm pretty concerned about the O-line now that Bill Callahan isn't going to be here. And I think the same people mocking that thought are going to be the same people that panic the first time the offensive line has a bad game under their new O-line coach. There's just there are just not a lot of coaches, especially position coaches, that when they're on your staff, you go, you know that guy's got it. That's Bill Callahan, and so uh, the Browns were incredibly smart to paint uh, his departure as well. It was a unique circumstance, and we couldn't tell him no. Uh, I mean they they spent a good ten days trying to convince him to stay. So I would say that there was some at least attempt to try and get him to stay so I I don't know you can just listen I I said that when he left I think you can always say something like this is about family and coaching with my son and it's going to be a lot of fun but as with everything I think there tends to be a, a bunch of factors that go into leaving a job where you're maybe the highest paid offensive line coach in the NFL Family always does have that pull, but I think there's a lot of things. And I, I don't think we should just assume it's just the familial thing. And I think whoever steps in place, and I, I really do think it's going to be Scott Peters who is who has studied under Bill as kind of his apprentice the last four years. That makes me really nervous because I, I I can't recall whether he's a first-time O-line coach at this level or not. Um, Man, I just think you really got to hit a home run on this. I, I just think it is – Maybe, I, maybe I'm putting too much importance on the O-line coach, but I think it is incredibly important. But I think one of the complications on the offensive line is, as of right now, you have too many good tackles or you have too many potential starting tackles. And going into this, I was thinking, you know what? Why not just come back? It's a new O-line coach, but why not you just spend the offseason letting Dewan Jones prepare as the left tackle and then in camp. Have Jed Wills versus Dewan Jones and see what happens. Worst case scenario, you have the best swing tackle in the NFL in Dewan Jones or Jed Wills. That like either one of those guys is starter capable. And the reason why I kind of thought more like that was I agree. Like there are people saying, well, you just can never have enough good tackles. The problem is there's a buttload of money wrapped up in Jed Wills and Jack Conklin and i don't know jack conklin's physical shape but because you have guaranteed money on the cap with him and because his contract is more than just a one year deal and cuz he's a better player when healthy if we're if we're starting to to kind of all right who's who's got to be here there's a lot of contractual reasons why you would bring back jack conklin so I think he's one of your better offensive linemen. I think I'm willing to deal with the health risk because he's just good at his job when he's healthy. I think the odd man out for me would be Jed Wills. I think, and maybe I'm wrong on this, I think Jed Wills would have to have the season to end all seasons for you to really consider uh, extending him next year. And I would just not be shocked if Jed Wills had a regression without Bill Callahan there. And my number one concern of who's most likely to regress, like, guys, Wyatt Teller is a player. I, unless you're going to use Wyatt Teller outside of what what he does good on the football field, I think Wyatt Teller is going to be pretty good. I think I think Joel Batonio. My only concern with Joel is injury and age at this point. Joel Batonio knows how to guard. All right? Um, Jack Conklin, health and age. Jack Conklin knows how to play right tackle in the NFL. Posick is a little bit, Posick scares me a little bit. Posick felt like a Frankenstein reconstructed by Bill Callahan. Jed Wills, it's always been 80-20 with Jed. And I just, I get really worried when a guy like Ethan Posick, that dude gives you as much as he can give you on every damn play they are not the consistency issues that I think you have with Jed. And I think Jed's consistency, you can guess why it is. Like when you see him not finishing plays, like that to me is code for, man, do you really want to do this? Do you want to be a really great left tackle? Because he's got a lot of what you need. But tackle is not like defensive end. Tackle is not like uh tight end. They're, they're positions in the NFL where you're not going to hit your – you're not going to show return on investment until maybe that second contract. That's why you see so many teams take multiple second, third, fourth-round tight ends because you just never know who's going to hit. It takes those guys to get to where Kelsey is. Kelsey wasn't – okay, Kelsey wasn't at this level until Mahomes showed up, but like – Kelsey, like year three, really unlocked a different level. You you look at um David and Joku. David really just kind of coming into his own in the second contract, having his best season. Tackle. Yeah, you can get better. But and and I do think like in today's era with the way the NFL works, these guys are coming in more raw. You know, I mean, these guys have eight, eight year shelf lives maybe 10 if you're lucky, because they're 350 pounds, or in the case of Jed, 315 pounds. And four years in, I don't buy Jed is going to put in the work to be as good of a player, and that's a concern because he's already 80% good and 20% what the hell are you doing. I think this is a logical point to try and figure if you can move some money around and get a draft pick out of Jed Wills. I don't, I don't think you can send Dewan Jones back to the bench. I just don't. There are some dudes who are not guys that are going to prosper on the bench. Jed Wills, I think there's a reason why you saw Jed continue to come out and get better week in, week out, because he was actually getting playing time. I think that matters to a guy that he's already a little bit bigger, already is, there were some strikes on him coming in, I think if you send him to the bench, you could end up losing all that progress this year. 216 474 0092. If there is an odd man out, I, I just, I, given what Conklin makes, given what Jed will make on the fifth year option, given how good Dewan Jones played, I can't see them bringing those three guys back. And we can say, now James Hudson isn't a starter. Yeah. Uh, neither was Chris Hubbard. But Chris Hubbard for a decade. And, mm, for half a decade, was a really good swing tackle. And I think that's all you need. Am I concerned about Jack Conklin? Yes, of course. But I trust him more when healthy than I do Jed Wills. Do I know definitively if, definitively if, if the Browns think Dewan Jones is a left tackle? No. And if they think that Dewan is right tackle only, that probably makes your decision on Jack Conklin. But this is about trust. This is about the investment you've already made. And I think this year, I, I think if you can get out of Jed Wills now, and guys, they're always going to need uh, left tackles. The NFL is is never going to stop giving guys like Jed a chance. Juwan Taylor of the the Chiefs, booty cheeks. You watch him like he is the true weak link of the the Chiefs' offensive line, and this is his second team, and they gave him a good amount of money to go be booty cheeks in Kansas City. So if we're, if we're doing the odd man out thing, and I think it makes sense, you have a lot of money, and I mean a lot of money wrapped up in tackle, and one way you can make up for the money you're spending on your offensive line is to go with a rookie on a rookie contract. That's Dewan Jones. The number one thing that can't happen is that kid can't go back to the bench because he has a chance to be the best tackle out of all three of those guys. Let's go with Eric. Eric, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us?
0: Hey, I, I'm liking all the takes today. Um, I agree
2: 100%. I love the offensive line. I'm an O-line guy. And, yeah, I think Jedrick Wills is the odd man out. Uh, I like your takes on uh,
1: DeWan Jones. And um, and I, th- I think you're uh, giving a lot of great takes today on the O-line. Well, we're going to put that in the promo, Eric. I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you so oh, no much. Problem. Have a good one. Sorry about that. Cut him off. I always do that. I'm awkward on the phones. You should hear me on a phone call with my mom. My mom and I are the same person on the phone call, and it pretty much just ends in us abs- accidentally interrupting each other and then kind of both just getting frustrated. In person, different kind of conversation. A lot of fun. Really enjoy each other. But on the phone, oh, it's it's murder. Now getting back to, um, I here's another take I have just because Eric likes my takes and I hope you do too. Um I think if in a year Dewan Jones isn't one of your two best offensive linemen, I think it'll be a massive failure. And, I, and maybe I'm overrating what he did. I think the Browns did help him out more uh, early in the season than than maybe some people recognize. Um, but, like, even in that, that uh, matchup with uh, Nick Bosa in Week 5, I just saw one of the best defensive ends in the NFL – get physically dominated dominated by DeWan Jones. And I don't know how many like I don't know how many times you gotta see that before you look at that and go, that's that's the ceiling of that kid. And so whether it's right maybe that's the better way to put this. At this point, I care less about who the odd man out is and just the reality that Dewan Jones has to be starting somewhere next year. And I'm not talking about gifting him the job. He earned it this year. That would actually be the number one for whatever the offensive line coach is. Uh, Who's the odd man out? Ask that question, and that probably should tell you who should be the O-line coach next year. The Browns can move money around, but if you have a cheaper, younger version at either tackle spot, it would make sense to kind of head in that direction. And they do. Dewan Jones. And now it becomes, well, do they think he can be a left tackle? Because if Dewan Jones can be a left tackle and you would do that next year, I mean, when Jed Wills walks off into free agency, it'd make you question, well, why don't you just do it now if you can make a move on Jed? If you can get something of value for Jedrick. Uh, Kronk on Twitter saying, I don't think they can do anything with Conklin. Cap hit trading him uh, is more than keeping him. Wills that have to uh, have to trade because the salary is guaranteed personally uh, think they'll all be back doubting any of them play 17 games. I actually think the least likely thing is that all three of them are back. I just think that's a real I think that's a tough ask to, to carry that kind of thing. Now the the wills thing like the one thing I would just remind you and, and probably we can probably say the same thing about the Jack thing um we see contracts torn up all the time. And if the Browns were willing to pay Jed $15 million to, to play tackle for somebody else, that would increase the value of Jed Wills by a lot. I don't know that they would be. Maybe it would be more like that team assumes half of his salary. Like, you can do that stuff. I just I think sometimes we don't realize the salary cap now. You can do a lot more of the move money between teams, and that would affect Jed's uh, trade value. But like, that's the 15 million guarantee, I think it's fifteen million guaranteed Jed's making, that's easier to move that money around than the kind of money you've got for Jack Conklin. That being said, I think the least likely thing, because Crunk said he thinks all three will be back. I I don't like the position that puts Dewan Jones in. And unless unless this is the year and who knows? With, with I think I think Joel's gonna continue playing, but like unless this is the year that you move James Hudson inside. And you just have DeWan as the swing tackle, I'd prefer to let that guy keep playing. We are going to talk with Brian Baldinger here in just a few moments. Uh he's going to be live from Radio Row. He's been all over the NFL network's coverage. I'm curious on his thoughts because he's he's done a lot of like deep dives on DeWan and you know he he had such huge things to say about DeWan in that San Francisco game. And, I mean, every time he he watched and kind of focused in on the Browns on his film matchup, you heard him really have high praise for Dewan Jones. So I, I think it would be interesting to get his take on that. I also am just curious if he sees the game on Sunday the way I did. If you missed that at 320, I was not intending to to go that heavy on the Super Bowl matchup. I just I, I don't see the edge that San Francisco really has. I mean, I think San Francisco, even with, um, oh, gosh, who's there? Uh, Joe Tooney uh, dinged up. I still think Kansas City has the better O-line. I think Kansas City has the better defense, even though I give a slight edge to the pass rush of the 49ers. But the secondary offsets it. Bad secondary. Um, Pat Mahomes, huge advantage over Brock Purdy. Eh, McCaffrey's better than Pacheco. But Kittle versus Kelsey, at best, a push. As maybe Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are an advantage as well, but mostly a lot of the places I care about, which is in the trenches, uh, give me give me Kansas City, the quarterback, give me Kansas City, even the head coach, give me Kansas City. You know that's an interesting place to start with Baldy is the idea of of that advantage there, and we're going to talk with um, Brian Baldinger coming up actually in the next segment. There, this is the beauty of Radio Row. Maybe that's a place to kind of start there, whether you guys think or not that Andy Reid is the coaching advantage over Kyle Shanahan. But as we're having the who's the odd man out, Jack Conklin, Jed Wills, and Dewan Jones, there's a difference between concern and need. The Browns' biggest need is not offensive line this offseason. There is a future need that they need to address. If they don't think DeWan Jones is a left tackle, it's better to draft, whether it's future guards or future tackles, and projects that can be that guy when you don't need that player this year. So I think the bigger immediate need, which is where you address in free agency and and probably you know, early on in free agency, is a number two, number three wide receiver who has a copious amounts of speed. I think the defensive line, we've had a lot of conversations on that. I think the middle linebacker. I think those are your three biggest immediate needs. I think when it comes to your future needs, which this is a huge offseason for that. Like you had a really nice draft last year. I think that was easily um, the best draft we've had from Andrew Barry. But I think a big thing in this class is if there's a good left tackle, if you don't think, this is an if, if you don't think Dewan Jones is a left tackle, and late in that second round, guys, there's about fourteen offensive linemen that could go in the top sixty four. There's a real good chance a nice left tackle could fall to you at fifty four. It might feel like jumping the gun a year. that's you'd rather do that with the offensive line. two one six four seven four, double nine two, but because Bill Callahan is left, all of a sudden, the way I feel about, well, just take a fifth rounder and see what they become, I don't have that same kind of opinion on the Browns offensive line. I think all of a sudden that's become a much more significant need.
3: Nick, you were talking about who the odd man out is at tackle. Is there a difference between who you think it's going to be and who you want it to be?
1: Um, I want it to be Jed Wills. I think it's split between Jed and Jack.
3: Well, yeah, I think that would be an obvious one for most people. But like, I'm wondering if some people are hoping that Jed Wills does take that next step or, or- – becomes more consistent. Keep mm-hmm. Dewan on the right side, and that Jack Conklin, because he's reaching that back end part of his career, mm-hmm. and because he's been injury prone the last several years. Of I wonder if that's in people's minds that they would rather it be him than Jed Wills.
1: I mean, I, I, so I think there are people who would. I guess my problem is like, isn't it a little late in the game to hope Jed Wills suddenly becomes the guy? Like I, I, like going on five, five years, like. Tackle is just one of those positions. If you don't do it in the first four years, what what should make me think you can suddenly do it in year five? If it was just about staying healthy, that'd be one thing. It's more about effort. It's more about finishing plays, and has a big focus for the Browns this year. That's something Bill Callahan and, and Kevin Schwansky talked a lot about, and even before Jed got hurt. I mean that the play on second and nine. A lot of that I put on the the, uh, second night against the Pittsburgh where it was the strip sack by Alex Highsmith and then the the scoop and score for T.J. Watt that gave the Steelers the win. I hated the play call. But I hated the play call because of who your left tackle was. And your right tackle was a rookie, like a rookie rookie in that game. Uh, He acquitted himself in that game better than I've seen Jed play in any of the Pittsburgh games. So I... I, I, listen, I know the, I know the line, which is the, what is it? The best ability is availability. I know a lot of people believe that in football. I'll take effort and injury prone over a, I don't want to say lack of effort, but an inconsistent effort at left tackle, even if that guy's been a little healthier here more recently.
3: Yeah. I would just say the other thing that creeps in my mind is just DeWan played so well at right tackle. You don't want to, you and, don't want to mess well, it up. Not only that, it's just. Isn't that is it harder to find a left tackle that is that much better than Jed Wills um, at this point?
1: I think you can find I think
3: I, think I mean Chad's, there are better tackles out there, but is it what are you going to pay those guys and how are you going to get them?
1: Well, I think you got to get them through drafting and developing. And I think Jed is average. I think you can find average tackles anywhere in the draft.
3: In win-now mode right now, do you think that's an easy thing for this organization right now to to find and develop a tackle when it's all about next year?
1: But that's why I think you got to draft him this year. Draft and develop. So you draft him this year, and if he beats out Jed, good. If not, you have him next year. On the line is Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too uh baldy now appearing on the north homestead chrysler jeep dodge ram hotline brian welcome to the show
0: well thank you we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Thanks for having me, man. It's good to be with you, Nick. I'm just out here in the media center here. Just got done talking to one of your nemesis, Cam Hayward and Antonio Pearson. So, uh, you know, it's been fun. It's been a fun day here.
1: I got to say, man, you are – right now you're winning the Super Bowl because – or you're winning Radio Row and all this because you are – every time I look up at the screen, we got NFL Network on in the studio. You're on it and you're killing it,
2: man. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I did get my rest last night, so I'm good right now. I'm seeing if I could pace myself during the week here so that I can be just as effective uh, (laughs) as this – as this week in Vegas wears on.
1: My my prediction is by Thursday, the wheels come off. There's just too much to yeah, do there.
2: I, I know. I know. I wake up and I go, man, I hope my voice works today. You know, like I, I, I don't know if I can keep this pace right now and then still go out and have some fun. So anyways, I'm good here on Tuesday with you right now.
1: Well, so uh, my wife and I were talking about the idea of going to the Super Bowl in Vegas like three months ago, and she's like, what do you think would be the biggest trapping? And she's like – because she knows it's not going to be the ladies of the night. That's not it. She's like, would it be gambling? Would it be just the constant nightlife? And I'm like, no, nah, it'd probably be the food. Because that that's where Vegas yeah. gets you, yeah. is they lull you into a sense of security with all the food they throw your way.
2: I was I was like literally picking up a, a tomahawk bone last night <laughs> at 9.30 and gnawing on it. Like, that's exactly what you're talking about. I couldn't stop eating it. You know, it was the best boning I think I ever had.
1: <laughs> Baldy, what's uh, what's the biggest key for a Kansas City win on Sunday?
2: Mm, I think it's, uh, you know, just their offense just staying on schedule the way it did against Baltimore. Uh, obviously, they were shut out in the second half. But, you know, they were so good so early in a game. And they just had a great game plan against Baltimore to defeat the number one defense. And so I think, you know, they didn't turn it over. They took care of the ball. And they stayed on schedule, and I think that's offense between running with Pacheco and finding Kelsey and hitting Rice and maybe uh, you know Justin Watson, like and then Mahome's ability just to extend plays. like they know what the formula is on offense, and they know how to execute it. It's just a question of can they do it without any turnovers, which the 49ers led the league in takeaways this year.
1: What is the biggest key for a San Francisco win?
2: I think it's a couple. I think one. I think you know their offense has got to be productive um, throughout. I don't think they can wait to the fourth quarter, you know, and have a game-winning drive like they did against Green Bay, or they can put up seven points in the first half and be down seventeen and come back. Like I just think they have to, you know, be productive from the beginning. And then defensively, they've shown some holes, whether it's giving up big plays or teams that can run the ball against them, the way Green Bay and Detroit did. I think they got to tighten things up. Um, up front, within the trenches. And they're built to do that, but they haven't played to that. And so I think that's really critical for them right now.
1: Odyssey NFL Insider, NFL Network, uh, man about town, Brian Baldinger, live from Radio Row on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. So uh, you, you mentioned some of the holes on... Um, San Fran's defense. Is it fair to say Kansas City has the better defense in this game?
2: Yes. I thought they'd been the best defense in the league. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from Baltimore, but I, I've been talking about Kansas City's defense all year because they're just complete. Now, they lost Charles Amenahu, and that's a big loss, but um, you know they've got a rookie in there that will they'll, we'll, they'll plug him in. But I think between Spags designing these game plans, between the young talent that they have in the secondary – uh, to go with their four big linebackers, I think they've been the most complete defense and one that can really, I mean, you look what they did to Tua tonga to Josh, uh, to Josh Allen, to Lamar Jackson. I mean, they've gone up against the league's best quarterbacks, and they have really reduced them to uh, fairly pedestrian players.
1: You know, Baldy, um, one guy who's getting a lot of attention in these playoffs is running back Christian McCaffrey. And for a, for a long time there in Carolina... He was a highly productive player on bad teams. And that's just, that's kind of one way that the that we kind of ignore you a little bit as a player. It feels like this is his moment. Is he the most complete, the most dangerous back in the NFL right now?
2: I think so. You know, they, they can't give it to him enough. Uh, even in last week's win against Detroit, he touched it on 10 of the first 20 plays. And they put up 10 points in those. You know, I mean, they, they use him in so many different ways. But just... Uh, his ability to find the hole, his ability to explode through it, his ability to win one-on-one matchups in the passing game, uh, even his pass protection last week was excellent. Like, I think he's the most complete back right now, and that's not to knock anybody else that carries the football in this league, but he's the most complete and the most special running back in the league.
1: One more on the Super Bowl here. I feel like this is this is like asking, like, you know, what's your favorite tomahawk steak or, like, what's your favorite cut of steak? Like, they're all great. If if I made you choose between Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, who has the coaching advantage, the head coaching advantage in this game?
2: Well, I just think Andy because he's won two and he's been to three, and you know the way that he's done it with you know different personnel and different people, and you know Andy, you know in Philadelphia just couldn't get over the hump in NFC Championship games for a long time, and when he got to a Super Bowl, the quarterback didn't play great. But now he's got the best player in the league to coach in Patrick Mahomes, and so. I think he has the advantage and but you know that that's probably phenomenal uh motivation for Kyle Shanahan to have the game plan of his life this Sunday.
1: Now, moving to the Browns here, we had talked early in the hour about the Browns have a good problem to have right now and that is they have too many good tackles on the roster. Uh Jack Conklin coming off his knee injury, all right, coming off his injury, uh, Jedrick Wills, coming off his injury, and Dewan Jones. If the Browns decide, from because money, that they need to maybe move on from one of those, who do you think the odd man out would be between Jack Conklin, Jed Wills, and Dewan Jones?
2: Well, Dewan Jones is going to be the starting right tackle, so he's not out. Uh, my guess, I mean, if I have to answer the question, is that John, Jack Conklin, which is, you know, recent injuries, the salary, I would say. And Jedrick is still very young uh in his business, so I would say Jack would be the odd man out right now.
1: do you think that means you you mentioned specifically Dewan is the starting right tackle. Do you think that means Dewan could not play left tackle at this level?
2: Uh, I don't know because he hasn't played left tackle. I mean, I talked to Paris Johnson about it, uh, his partner at Ohio State, and you know he just wasn't given that opportunity i I think it would be a little tough, although the consistency of sets that I saw at right tackle, uh, you just don't know. Some guys can flip it right away. Tristan Worst went from right tackle to left tackle and did it. But it took him a while before he was really comfortable doing it. You just don't know because every player that's asked to do that, uh, that hasn't played on that side before, uh, some do it uh, seamlessly. Some feel like it's like, okay, go eat your dinner tonight. Go eat that, uh, you know, that tomahawk steak with your left hand. And, you know, like, they can't get the meat to their mouth. You know, so you just don't know with some guys if it's going to be a difficult transition or not.
1: Looking to the quarterback position, it's been a big talking point about how do you get it right with Deshaun. The Browns just hiring a new offensive coordinator and Ken Dorsey. Um, You know, obviously there's going to be a little turnover at at the offensive line coach with Bill Callahan heading to Tennessee. I'm curious, what are the non-negotiables that you have to get right to build successfully around a quarterback like Deshaun Watson?
2: Well, you have to get the offensive line fixed. Now, they played well despite the injuries last year. But the offense, I mean, it's going to start. For whatever you want to do with Deshaun and whatever year you want to get out of him. which, you know, you want to get a, a Pro Bowl season out of him. it's going to start up front. You know, you've got to replace Bill. Uh, that's not easy to do. You're going to have to replace, uh, you know, the running back coach. That's not easy to do. But there's changes. That's all right. Teams go through changes. Uh, but they've got to get the offensive line fixed and healthy. And I think if they do that, and if you get Nick Chubb back Anywhere near Dick Chubb, I, I would expect uh, success for Deshaun Watson. One of the
1: things we talked about a lot this week with the Browns is I believe you know Zadarius Smith's a free agent, Mo Hurst, a couple of their guys, they're all they're players on defense or free agent defensive line. And I think this should be a great offseason to finally find the long term piece across from Miles Garrett in free agency, whether that's a defensive tackler or edge rusher. How would adding another ten sack kind of player uh, across from Miles or on that D line? How would that change the, the Browns' production up front?
2: Well, every you know every star defensive end is going to benefit by a guy that uh, you know really draws attention from the other side. And if you can get anybody in the middle to really push the pocket, um, it, it's 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 only going to fortify and make things easier for Miles Garrett. And take some of the attention that he gets away. So you know whether you do it through the draft uh, or you do it through free agency. I think that you got to continually fortify your defensive line um, from a depth standpoint, standpoint, and from a performance standpoint.
1: All right, now I, I have to ask you this because I never know who's on broadcasting crews and who who could could get themselves in trouble with this. Are you allowed to make a Super Bowl production? Uh, per, sorry, Super Bowl prediction right here on air with us.
2: Uh, I can, I can, Nick. I, I mean, I, I, I try to hold it towards the end of the week. But I will just say this, I mean, for this right now, like every, every time I bet against Patrick Mahomes, I I think I ate my words. So right. I, like it's just almost hard to go against him after what he has just accomplished so far in his career and how he continues to accomplish things. So I, I think it would be a mistake on my part to to root for the other side or cheer for the other side or to think the other side can beat what we've seen from Mahomes in these big games
1: has just based on what you said, it's kind of like Brady, right? We're like, I always bet on father time. And I lost time and time again with Brady. I feel like we got there with Mahomes, where everybody's just rooting against him for more reasons than just, he's good at football.
2: Well, and he's in the prime of his career. And I think he's in a lot of ways, he's, he's still getting better because, you know, every year is a new year and you got to adjust to what, you know, the guys around you are and who's healthy and all that. And, he seems to continually adjust, and you can never count him out of any game.
1: Baldy, continue with this success, pacing yourself. Uh, I'm not in yeah. Vegas, so I'm going to need you to have a tomahawk in my honor. I appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy your week.
2: Thanks, Dick. Thanks for having me, and I'll be sure to take your advice. That's
1: a good man right there, Brian Baldinger.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one,